Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. So how does a fully end-to-end mortgage application process using your mobile phone and laptop sound to you? Well, yes, that's certainly possible today as we shall hear from today's guest who is Ishan Marley, the CEO and founder of Trussell, the online mortgage broker. And we hear how Trussell and others like them are making strides with data, design and technology to bring about change to an antiquated industry such as ours. And we learn that while starting with improving process inefficiencies uh, by applying process automation, that we can still apply machine learning in harmony with emotional intelligence from humans to place customers at the centre of a mortgage application experience. And we've not heard that sort of phrase in the mortgage market too often, have we? So let's hear what Ishan has to say about fintech within the PropTech umbrella right now then. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Hi everybody, uh, Richard here again from the Property Voice podcast. And I'm very pleased to be joined by another guest today, special guest, Ishan Mali uh, from Trussell. Uh, hi Ishan, how are you? Hi, I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. It's uh, very good to talk to you. And I know you've been a fairly difficult and busy man to pin down, So, but that sounds quite encouraging. So what's keeping you busy these <laughs> days? Uh, oh, where to start? Um, I guess just our, our constant striving of trying to help the journey of owning a home be more accessible to everyone, really. Um, it, it, it's no mean feat. And as you know, especially so in the UK, Owning your own home is is one of the biggest aspirations. It's something that should be a huge and happy milestone in people's lives. But as we found, and as I found personally, it's something that is overshadowed by an overwhelming and outdated mortgage process. So we're here trying to use data design and technology to remove the complexity from that process and help everyone love their journey of owning their home. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so Trussell.com um, is is born um, born out of frustration, I believe. Is that right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like like I said, there was a few years ago where I I was looking to get onto the market as as, as many people sort of my age were were looking to do. I had saved up a bit of money. I'd been living at home, so I had some I had a bit of money uh, saved aside. And naturally, I went online to start the journey of of trying to navigate through the mortgage process and actually had a few years working in the industry in the banking side within the mortgages and real estate team. So I felt pretty confident uh, at being able to navigate through the process, but very quickly was confounded with thousands of thousands of options on comparison sites, which I couldn't make head nor tail of. Uh, I, I had no idea as to whether or not I would match the lender's underwriting criteria that was for the products I was looking at. And I didn't really get any helpful or constructive advice from 
any of the mortgage advisors that I was pointed towards. So it was a pretty frustrating experience. Um, and as I mentioned, something that should have been such a happy milestone in, in, in my life ended up being a really frustrating one. Actually, to the point where I was told by a broker that I actually could trust that I wasn't eligible for a mortgage. Now, that was in 2014, where the mortgage MMR, the mortgage market reform, had just come out. Mm-hmm. And there were a whole bunch of, of regulatory changes that had happened. And there was this whole emphasis on, on affordability. It was that that really was the kicker with my situation, because I had just changed jobs to being self-employed. And I was unable at the time to understand that the, the situation I was in did not match up with the criteria that the lenders would lend against. So basically, I built up my hopes and dreams of trying to buy a home, and then I was told by a broker after being passed around a few that that dream was impossible, which was incredibly disempowering uh, and, and, and frustrating, um, as I mentioned. So Trottle, as, as you mentioned, is a business born out of my own frustration, but it is also a frustration that we know millions and millions of, of homeowners and aspiring homeowners face in the UK. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was just thinking when you were talking there about, um, and I know, by the way, that your 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 emphasis you know, straddles a couple of camps, but you know, the residential homeowner space being one, and you've just talked about your own personal experience, but you also do cater for buy-to-let uh, mortgages as well. So, we, you know, the, the process is kind of similar. Um, I know there's some distinctions, but um, you know, some similarities between the two. But what I was thinking, uh, it was going through my head when you were just sharing your story is that we, don't we just get acclimatized to uh, just the way it is, the status quo? Um, and, and it's almost like the boiling frog syndrome, isn't it? We're just getting slowly cooked and we don't notice it. Is it, is it a bit like that? <laughs> well, you say that, and I think, I, think that is, I think that is the case for some industries, but then I think you have to point to other industries where um, disruption has come to the forefront and consumers have become used to and have become accustomed to um, more simplicity and modernity in the services that they offer. So getting to, getting to grips with an instant and intuitive and anytime service through uh, a web or mobile application in the travel industries, in the accommodation industries, in, in, um, it, you know, in, in, even, in even financial services like wealth management has now become the base level of expectation for many modern consumers. It, it, it is that convenience and ease of use that technology brings to all of these industries that actually, when dealing with more antiquated industries, causes it to be a bit of a shock, as I found out. I had, I had been used to just going online to do uh, everything else that I do, whether that's uh, e-commerce or, or booking flights or booking accommodation, as I mentioned. And yet I literally felt like I was going back in time when it came to wanting to buy a house. Yes, I think I think you're right, and I think you know the property sector generally, and, and elements of the lending um, community or fraternity, whatever, is um, you know is a little bit antiquated and slow moving. But there are there are some bright stars uh, out there. I think you know this series is obviously all about prop tech, and you know fintech is what we're talking about particularly today. And I agree with you that um, people are just used to you know calling an Uber on their smartphone or ordering a, a takeaway or, you know, those sort of things just instantly from wherever they are, any, you know, any time of day or night and, um, and having that service delivered. 
Um, and, and I guess um, I don't want to steal your thunder. Why, why don't you tell me maybe a little bit about how Trussell is sort of, you know, linking into that kind of uh, modern day technology uh, service offering for the for a, for a lending product. Sure. So yeah, as, as I mentioned, there's been there's been a lot of services that have been innovating in this in this intersection of property and financial services. I mean, we're, we're right in the middle of that intersection uh, in, in the mortgage market. There are many other people innovating on the property side. You think of Zoopla, Purple Bricks, Nested, and then there are many uh, firmly in the financial services side. You see the likes of Monzo and the Revolut. But then in the middle, you've got the likes of ourselves, and perhaps you could say property partner, Brick Lane, are also in the nexus of of property and, uh, and, and and personal finance. Ultimately, we are trying to make the the journey of owning a home accessible to everyone. I think there are a lot of young people now that become disenfranchised with uh, the prospect of, of owning a home, uh, and we're trying to we're trying to turn that on its head. We're trying to bring that back to them, and the way that we're doing that is removing a lot of the friction and complexity from the process. So, how it works in practice. You could go online on your mobile, on your desktop at any time of day, and you could fill in your details in around five to ten minutes. That's a process that you could typically only do in office hours, over the phone, or in person, and could take anywhere between half an hour to one and a half hours. So already we've gone from uh, an hour and a half meeting in person to a ten-minute online intuitive form at any time of day, any day of the year. Typically, with a traditional brokerage, you might need to pay a fee of £500 right up to 1.5% of the mortgage amount. With us, we're completely free to the user. We don't charge a fee. And in the traditional model, you might need to have a lengthy back and forth uh, exchange with a broker who, if they're unwell or on holiday or unavailable for whatever reason, you are you are quite literally at their behest until they become back come back around and can answer your inquiries. Uh, in our system, we provide a lot of the information up front to, to customers through a very intuitive onboarding process, but also by providing educational content and using really simple jargon-free language so the customers understand um, what information that they're providing and why. We then use an algorithm to scan 11,000 products from every one of the 90 lenders whose criteria we have modeled out and, and that effectively forms the basis of our of our advice matching algorithm. That looks at the customer's information that we have captured digitally, and it matches that with the criteria uh, across all of the different lenders to distill them down into the single product and lender that is right for you. Now, when we have an algorithmic model, that also means that there is no uh, that, 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 that there is no sort of misalignment in it, or misaligned incentives. Traditional brokers. And this is a very cynical view, but traditional brokers will have uh, perhaps the incentive to, to pick the lender that gives them the biggest kickback. Whereas in our model, because we use an algorithm, we don't factor in how much we get paid by each one of the lenders to give a recommendation. And nor do we pay our qualified advisors, because of course we have a hybrid of technology and advisors, um, any, any commission which is related to the money that we generate. But then I think... Just, just to finish, the final um, but most important element to our process, and this is really where technology prevails and does something a lot smarter than, than just a frictionless um, onboarding, 
is that once you've got the mortgage, we will continually monitor your mortgage every single day of its lifetime to notify you when there's a best deal available. So we will be your mortgage manager behind the scenes. And if there's ever a better deal available, we'll notify you so that you can, you can switch to a better deal and never pay more than you should. Now, we've done research to find out that the average mortgage holder will, will overspend £4,000 each year or £5,000 each year by not switching to a better deal when it's available. On an aggregate level, that's about £10 billion that the UK economy is wasting, and that's a problem that we're taking direct aim at. Yeah, it's kind of uh, money-saving expert meets, you know, I'm trying to think of the right analogy to pair it up with, but it's probably not even one, is it? It's probably several. I think there's, um, it's, um, it's a breath of fresh air, really. I, I think, um, how many products did you say that you your algorithm sifts through? So there's 11,000 mortgage products from 90 different lenders. Yeah. Now, as you can imagine, you know, they are quite concentrated. There's around 70% of all all lending uh, through the top six or so lenders. Mm-hmm. However, you know there are the niche cases which do require an exhaustive view of, of the entire market, and that's again where technology is simply going to be better at a human. You can't expect any human, even the most experienced, to remember the nuanced criteria of 90 vendors and 11,000 mortgage products. You just simply can't expect them to compute that in real time and maintain it on an ongoing basis. So that's, again, where the technology really comes into play. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the other thing is, uh, how, how digitized is is your you know offering, if you like? How much paper do you use? How many wet signatures are required um, you know, still um, when you're going through the trussle process versus non-trussle process? Yeah, so we're not, we're not paper-based. So we've, we've, had, we've had clients go through from start to finish completely digitally. Um, we have a high portion of our, of our clients that like using our live chat service. So if they do like to speak to someone, either someone that is a qualified mortgage expert or someone that is just from our, 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 our customer success team, they're able to do so. However, if they wish to do everything online digitally without speaking to someone, that's also possible. The, 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 there are some customers occasionally that do like to pick up the phone and of course, we, we will accommodate that. But increasingly, we're seeing that the majority of our customers go start to finish fully online. So you can go fully end to end online. Uh, sorry to say it again, but just uh, I'm trying to get my my head around it because that is uh, it's kind of awesome, really, to be honest. Um, I mean, presumably, you do things like yeah, uh, you exactly. need to scan. You maybe need to scan in some information. Would that would that be fair? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. it, it, exactly. But but listen, there's a, there's a bunch of really interesting developments now uh, in the form of open banking, for example, where integrations with your bank account will help to remove the friction of data capture, make the experience for consumers even more instantaneous. So we see a vision where your mortgage information will be captured and continually updated and you will be notified automatically when you've been switched over to a better deal. So a mortgage is something that you never need to think about again. Yeah, so almost like a sort of a passport, mortgage passport type of uh, concept 
a digital passport that exactly. stays with you. Um, this this is kind of what I was hoping to get into, really, because you know, there's been um, sometimes I've spoken to people in this sector and they've been a bit frustrated, even with you know the the technology that's coming through through prop tech and fintech. So uh, it's good to see that maybe this vision is starting to be realised, and I'm sure that as a founder and CEO of a, a fintech slash prop tech company such as yourself, um, you probably still feel a bit of frustration, but you're fairly leading edge, aren't you, in terms of um, you know rallying the troops to follow you <laughs> off in a certain direction. Uh, but that's the vision. Do you see this? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when we when we start the business, when I started the business, there was a very clear vision vision in mind. And we're constantly building towards that. And, you know, naturally, there are going to be some bumps on the road. There will be the naysayers at the beginning. And, and ultimately, they do they do end up converting. Whilst it's an order of magnitude better than, than what else exists on the market, we still, see, we still see problems. And we still see opportunities to solve those problems and build an even better service. So there really is... There really is no limit to, to sort of what we can do with the industry, especially when it's so vast and so antiquated. There are so many opportunities for for improving the end-to-end journey. I mean, there's, there, there, it, 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 it's one of the least progressive industries in terms of technology. I think combining uh, that financial innovation with the product innovation will ultimately benefit consumers to... To realise their financial, um, their financial or, or property goals, when it comes to the mortgage experience. Yeah, so I mean, I think this digitisation is so important. I mean, I know the government has got an agenda as well. For example, digitisation of a land registry is uh, uh, on the agenda. And I know it's not, it's not here and now, you know, currently, but it's certainly an area of focus. I was going to ask you, by the way, about registering charges and whether you'd need a wet signature. Um, you know, like proper handwritten signature uh, on a on a legal charge document that might be the one potential sticky point, would it? Or have some people overcome that now? Yeah, there's there's, there's great uh, there's great technologies like DocuSign. Uh-huh. The the land registry have have come out with their digital mortgage deed as well. So we will increasingly see um we will increasingly see more digitized end-to-end services as a result of the infrastructure yes and i i I recently um i sometimes set up spvs or you know special purpose companies for for some of my property transactions and i I formed one the other day and uh, of course you need a bank account with uh, with each one and it's kind of a, you know, this is a, it's an equivalent sort of scene, setting up a bank account as setting up a mortgage. But I was able to do it fully online with uh, with Tide, and um, it was it was a pretty straightforward process actually. And um, a breath of fresh air. I was doing it from my armchair. I was doing it in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it's exactly what you were talking about. It suited me better to do it that way. I didn't have to go into a branch. I didn't have to fill out lengthy forms, uh, sign documents. And I guess your you're creating the parallel of that uh, with within the mortgage sector. Would that be fair? Uh, we're trying. <laughs> okay, I'm sure you. I'm sure you've got some challenges along the way, but you know maybe that you know pick, picks. It's a cue really to talk about the wider sort of industry and some of the challenges that are there. Um, what what you know is potentially stopping you from progressing um, right now with with your vision and and maybe other people who might be trying to follow you. 
I think there, there are there are a few challenges. Um, I think there, there are still challenges when it comes to consumer adoption. Um, whilst we see an average age of a customer uh, in their late 30s, early 40s, which is much later than many people expect when we speak to them, we've had customers in their 50s, their 60s, their 70s even come and use uh, a fully digital end-to-end service. Now, for something that had been paper-based and incredibly cumbersome for the last few years, to to, to, to have an experience where, you, where you've got someone... Um, in their 70s using a, a, an end-to-end service that hasn't been done before is an amazing, um, is amazing testament to just how, just how much is possible and just how validated the service is. And, and, and in spite of that, we do feel there is a challenge of consumer adoption and linked to that is the challenge of education. As I mentioned, what we, ca- what we call switching inertia is costing the UK economy 10 billion pounds a year. There's a significant number of people that are unaware that there is a problem and just how big that problem is. So one of our challenges is going to be education of the problem. The other challenge is education that a solution actually exists. And then the other problem itself is just getting the infrastructure players, the different stakeholders rather, in the ecosystem to catch up. And by those, I mean the lenders in particular. There are a few incredibly progressive lenders, um, who, who I won't name as much as I'm sure they would like me to, uh, and there are, some, there are some less progressive lenders out there, and really to achieve what we would like to and to drive the customer experience that we strive towards, that requires an element of, of cooperation and progress from the lenders that takes time because they're such big institutions. Yeah, I kind of imagine that that might be the case. You know, the policy makers within institutions being one of the barriers. Uh, I wondered also whether, uh, well, it sounds like you've managed to overcome a large part of what I'm about to say, but maybe some regulatory issues. But um, maybe that's more a perceived barrier than it is a real one. Yeah, I think that, I think that is a bit of a perceived barrier. And there's two points I would make on that. I think the first is that, you know, regulation is guidance. Ultimately, it's there to, to protect the consumer uh, and I think that there's a lot of merit in clearly taking it seriously, but also really understanding what it is there to do and trying to think of um, ways of not only adopting that regulation and, and uh, following that guidance, but also doing so in a way that it's fundamentally in the consumer's best interest. And I, and I, and I think a lot of people look at regulation as hard and fast rules um, and look at it as potentially obstructive, but that's certainly not the case uh, at, at, at the trussel offices. The second point to make is the guys behind the regulator, the, the FDA and the Innovation Hub and the sandbox unit that they've set up are great evidence of the fact that they are building a collaborative and innovative structure. So we see opportunity to collaborate with the FDA talk to them about our plans, talk to them about why we are innovating in the ways that we are and work together to develop um, potential solutions or inform them of our plans going forward such that that informs their guidance. Um, There have been uh, many, many startups that have been disrupting in this space, as you mentioned, in the related space of PropTech or FinTech, the property partners, the brick lanes of the world, the lend invest of the world. And uh, it, it, it's important that the likes of ourselves keep an open dialogue with the regulator 
so that um, you know the, the, the right guidance that's there to protect the consumer, but also foster innovation, is is coming to the forefront. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of uh, evidence to support what you say there as well. You know, the, the, the UK has you know, been a leader in financial services. Some would say perhaps taken a bit too much of a lead at times. But, you know, uh, but yeah, it's still, you know, that London and the city is, you know, considered to be a world leader. Um, and I think the government agenda seems to be promoting that to continue and also extension of the digital economy and, and trying to put the UK at the forefront of that will you kind of you can't just say those words. You actually have to put actions in place and regulate and you know put money behind um, all all of that, the agendas that are going to make that possible. Uh, and of course, it means change. Uh, so the industry has to change to accommodate the, the digital economy. And it, I'm I'm glad and pleased to hear that you've got a seat at the table. It seems um, to have some of that dialogue. Um, because, as you say, the, the the lending market is dominated by a small number of historically large players. So, if the new newbies uh, have got a, a voice, then that's that's good to hear. It's really it's really encouraging. It sounds like it's what's necessary to see the progress that we need. Uh, just wanted to um, I don't know if you wanted to come back on that, but if you did, that's cool. Um, I wanted to ask you though, maybe obviously. You, you talk about our audience will, you know, they're property investors. So you, I know you offer buy to let um, products, but a lot of them will also have their own home. Um, so from a buy to let point of view, just if I can just just dwell on that for a moment, uh, you do offer a, a service in that regard as well, though I believe. Yeah, we do accommodate uh, buy to let investors. Um, it's something that we we're looking to build our, our, position, our proposition out further. Mm-hmm. It's, as, you, as you rightly mentioned, we do focus on the, um, the residential owners in, in, in the early stages, but there's a huge market uh, of, of buy-to-let owners in the UK, and there's also a huge host of opportunities. Um, we see many professional landlords that have uh, one, two, three, ten buy-to-let properties, and having a single dashboard to manage that portfolio and look at the uh, mortgages across all of them is, is something that we've been getting a lot of interest and feedback from customers as, as something they would like to see. Yeah, I can agree. I'm sure that there, there will be, people will be uh, delighted to see progress in that set, uh, segment as well. And um, just to clarify, if the, presumably with a similar process for buy-to-let as it would be residential, I mean, I know there's some differences, but um, from a process point of view, it would be fully digital as well, would it? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, great stuff. Uh, well, the other thing that kind of you, know, you mentioned some people there. We've got um, uh, I've forgotten actually. We've got a representative from Lendervest coming up on the podcast. And are you seeing other people um, in the space generally who are making waves that you could perhaps signpost people to? Uh, you're kind of freely name checking one or two people. Um, are there others that that you're seeing out there that we could we can maybe have a look into? Yeah, I think the, the the ones I mentioned, if I try and remember, um, there was uh, there was Nested who's using technology to make the process of of, uh, of selling your home a lot easier, uh, and also turning their sellers into cash buyers, which I think is great. There is um, of course Zoopla and Purple Bricks, which are much bigger now publicly listed businesses, but very much with um, a, a technology angle to to how they're solving the problem. There's a few early, earlier stage startups as well, like Brick Lane, that we feel are doing interesting things to, to get people on the ladder. Um, 
and then then others as well, like the the house crowd and some other peer to peer based investors and lending platforms. Yeah, I was going I was going to talk about. Uh, do you do you interface with any of the peer to peer platforms yourself? No, we don't. We have had we have had some dialogue with all of them, but um, but no, we haven't we haven't yet uh, integrated with them. I think that, that that might be a nice one to crack um, because I think. Um, you know that's that's obviously a, a different landscape uh, and, and opens up different opportunities for people. But if you're servicing all that you need to straight uh, straight away, I'm sure you don't need to. Maybe, maybe touching on uh, something related. Um, are you familiar with what's going on in the sort of uh, mobile payment space and and those sorts of service providers? Are you seeing any any sort of waves being made over there? Uh, do you mean within the context of, of property or just more broadly? Yeah, I'm kind of talking more broadly, I suppose. Uh, so, for example, um, TransferWise um, is, a, is a company that I've been using. I've got some international properties, and so there's some currency conversion and transfers that I use. And TransferWise um, offer me, you know, um, a low-cost, affordable solution without going through the bank. Um, I wonder if you've seen any other sort of pro- progress in that sort of space. It could be property-related, but, some, you know, it's often related, isn't it? Sure, and I think um, I think when you look at financial services or fintech, you 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 do tend to see services like that, which are which are very frequently used, such as um, payments, whether that's FX or it's, or it's uh, you know payments from one party to another being innovated on. So TransferWise is a great example. Revolut is a great example. I think very recently they 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 posted a huge uh, raise of a of around 250 million, um, and to think that to think they had raised that amount of money at a uh, at a valuation of over a billion only three years after launch shows huge testament to the to the um, to the scale of ambition of a European startup, but also the the scale of the opportunity as well. Yes, yeah, so the the unicorn, as they call it, um, with uh, the billion uh, billion pound valuation. Uh, I think, are you seeing then, uh, see, uh, there's, there's sometimes an emphasis on US-led, um, you know, innovation in, in this space, but are you seeing a lot of hope for UK and, and European-led innovation as well in, in fintech and prop tech? Yeah, I think so. I think the, certainly in, te- certainly in technology, and I think that's the important place to start. I think there are companies like uh, Spotify who have recently listed, and I realize a, a little bit less deal from the property market, but I think having huge European tech successes does start to attract capital from the US to uh, the UK and Europe, which allows entrepreneurs pursuing um, you know, these crazy ambitions to get some money for their startup, start investing in it, getting out a product to consumers, and hopefully building the next big thing. So I think successes in technology, whether they are property related, finance related, or in a completely different industry, all have a positive impact on tech ecosystem. Uh, And I think Spotify was one of the most recent successes to mention. I think also within financial services, London, not only because it's the financial center of the world, but also I think the FinTech center of the world has produced some great businesses. You've got the likes of Funding Circle. You've got the likes, again, of Revolut and TransferWise, um, Monzo, and some of the other digital banks that are coming out. So it really is an exciting time to be an entrepreneur working in 
fintech, I think the attitude for services has never been higher. And the attitude from investors to support and back entrepreneurs doing interesting things has also never been higher. Well, that's encouraging to hear. I, I think um, the other thing I was wanted to explore is, is maybe distinctions in terms of the technology that's being advanced. So there's, there's process automation, for example. Uh, and so some of what you do is in the field of process automation. But there, you've also got areas of sort of machine learning and artificial intelligence, I imagine, with that, your algorithm. Um, you know, are there, are there sort of stepping stones of progress that you see, particularly in the fintech prop tech arena, or fintech in particular, actually. Um, I heard, you know, Ray from Unmortgage was on, and he was talking that maybe we're not seeing, you know, advanced sort of, um, you know, machine learning and, and automated into, sorry, artificial intelligence being applied necessarily too much at the moment, and, and it's more process automation. Would you agree that's probably a trend or a, a pattern at the moment? Yeah, I, I would say that. I would say that's just. Uh, I would say that's a fair observation for some businesses. I think it's, you know, as is always the case, I think it's wrong to blanket um, to, 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 to blanket uh, the, the market with a comment like that. It's generalised, but I think again, you need to start from the beginning and and ask yourself, what are we trying to solve for here? Now, there are there is a lot of process inefficiency, and therefore process automation can significantly improve the experience for customers and as well as the uh, as, as well as the artificial intelligence i think it's important to have a level of an emotional intelligence when you are dealing with customers especially for something as sensitive as a mortgage and a home so consumers out there they don't want mortgages from chatbots they don't want mortgages from artificially intelligent uh, mortgage advisors they want the deal that is best for their unique circumstances and they want to get that deal in as little time, cost, and hassle as possible. So if artificial intelligence, machine learning, and any other newer technologies or technology frameworks can facilitate and enable those things, then great. But I think the importance is it, it, it should be squarely placed on the customer rather than the technology or technology approach of choice. I think the, the likes of machine learning and artificial intelligence have incredible potential, but it's important to note that they do also require a quantity and quality of data that for early stage businesses, is just not around yet. And as I said, as these businesses grow like ours, as we start to build up bigger data sets, as data becomes more freely uh, accessible through the likes of open banking, that data will be able to use, be used in more intelligent ways to benefit the customer and uh, more scalable and accurate approaches like artificial intelligence will be able to make decisions um, better, faster, and cheaper than any human ever could. And that's where you do have incredible levels of innovation. But we can't be cynical towards that approach uh, as the end vision, nor can we be cynical about the progress that startups have made towards that. I think we just need to acknowledge that uh, innovation does take time, and whilst things can be disrupted um, uh, in, in, in the near term, true disruption does require a level of patience. So there is really a spectrum of process automation to artificial intelligence, and that spectrum can be aligned with the timescale. 
Yeah, I think um, I'd, I'd share a lot of what you said there, um, the view on that. And I think I was talking to Dan Hughes uh, earlier in the series, and he was talking very much about the sort of the harmony harmony between you know technology and humans, and that you know the there'll be it'll still be a collaboration, it'll still be a partnership. In other words, um, we can reduce down some of the uh, my language, not his grunt work. <laughs> Um, with technology, but then sort of the judgment and the insights um, can come from the human. So uh, we can become more productive. We can, you know, sift through lots of repeat tasks by using technology and perhaps where we've got someone who doesn't fit fit in the boundaries or or that that sort of thing, the human comes in and can actually apply a little bit of judgment. And that's where they're most useful. So it's not necessarily a case of the the robots are coming to take our jobs. It's a case of there'll be some gradual shifts and changes over time. Uh, There'll be a collaboration. There'll be some reskilling transfers of, uh, you know, how people do work. But I think the other side of it is exactly what you said, that the customer needs to be ready. Uh, the adoption rate needs to be um, acceptable. Otherwise, you're going to have a startup business with no customers. So <laughs> it's, uh, it makes sense to me what you said is, is my conclusion. Uh, the, um, I'm just conscious of time, and, and I wonder if there's anything else you kind of wanted to add in, uh, Ishan, with, uh, before we, we perhaps close today. Um, might be uh, something we've missed, or it could be some signposting to some of your own education, for example. Um, is anything you'd like? No, I think uh, I, I think as I said, we, um, we 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 exist to make the journey of owning the home as simple, rewarding, and accessible to everyone. And we think that everyone has a part to play in that. We think that there's huge amounts of innovation with startups in the UK, startups in Europe, startups abroad. Um, it's encouraging to see how much support there is from the regulator and some of the larger institutions. We would like to see the government embracing that even more. We would like to see some stability in 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 Parliament rather than housing ministers changing every couple of years. Uh, and, and and generally, we would we would like to see um, we would like to see more we would we would like to see more cooperation with the smaller institutions and the bigger institutions to give consumers a better experience. So we're encouraged by what's happening, and we'd like to see more. Well, hear, hear from me. I uh, certainly agree with that as a rally call. Um, so maybe just to close in, how could people find out more about your, your company and services then, Ishan? So we have um, trussell.com, T-R-U-S-S-L-E. Anyone can go to the website at any time. We have seven-day service available. And, um, you know, we're, we're available on Twitter as well. Fabulous. Well, I'll make sure that there's some links in our show notes uh, they'll signpost people. Um, it's good that you said it out loud as well, because a lot of people will just be listening in, but we'll have show notes to attach to the uh, to the episode as well. But I just want to say thank you very much for coming on today and sharing. Uh, and and in all in in all honesty, I'm I'm encouraged with the positivity that you've been able to share with us today, Sean. I was a bit um, sometimes it's been a roller coaster ride this series. I have to say, I perhaps had a a false expectation that you know that. PropTech was here now and going to change the world all for the better all, all at once, which, of course, is not realistic, is it? But <laughs> I think it's a balance, striking, striking the balance between, you know, genuine progress uh, and struggle. Uh, but we're, we're still moving forward. And uh, you've helped me uh, to see it in, in that light and in a, in a more positive and balanced perspective. So I'm certainly very grateful <laughs> for you coming and joining us today. Brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome. You take care. Bye for now.
Well, that was certainly positive and uplifting. I certainly thought so anyway. So here are some of the takeaways and reasons why I thought that. Well, first of all, a fully digital mortgage application process. Ishan assures us that we can now have a fully digital end-to-end mortgage application process right through from inquiring application through all the way to recording the mortgage deed and charge at land registry. Second, customer service is coming to property lending. 24-7 service, 11,000 plus mortgage product search from 90 lenders within seconds based off a 5-10 to minute online application and ongoing best value mortgage switching recommendations, all in plain English. What a breath of fresh air. I like the use of the term uh, emotional intelligence to complement artificial intelligence as well here with a, a mobile delivery app experience thrown in. It makes it feel more like Uber and Airbnb than Bradford and Bingley, doesn't it? No offence to Bradford and Bingley, that is. <laughs> Third, overcoming challenges. Consumer adoption and education, stakeholder collaboration and engagement, and sensible applied regulatory guidelines are all starting to be tackled, with more yet to come. In fact, there was a subtle call to action for the government and larger financial institutions to fully join the digital revolution uh, or party within fintech as well. Fourth, innovation does take time and true disruption takes patience, as Ishan said. Step-by-step progress rather than seismic shifts seems to be where the low-hanging fruit lies right now at least. Process automation might be dominant currently in terms of the fintech scene, but as we ourselves as consumers become more ready and more mature to take on more, I'm sure we'll, we'll start to see greater deployment of other technological advances such as AI and machine learning increasingly more as well. Finally, I just have to repeat, uh, and I very much love the phrase that Ishan used, that people don't want mortgages from chatbots. Chatbots which spells out that there's an interdependence that is still very much essential in order to blend technology advances with a customer-centric service proposition. And people will still play their part in property and financial services, even as the tech improves and gets more embedded. So it's probably more of a case of both and rather than either or, I think. Okay, well, that's all we have time for this week. But as usual, the show notes can be find, found over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. Or if you'd like to talk about anything from today's show, receive an introduction to one of my guests, or just talk about property investing more generally, just, you can email me, as usual, po- podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. And I'd be more than happy to hear from you. But once again, all I want to say right now is thanks very much for listening this time. And until next week on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.